0: Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are getting the move on. And our guest this week, well this is a home remodeling business that is truly full of heart. This is Small Business Celebration. Welcome, where we chat with real business owners who have real success and learn from them about what works, what doesn't, and who want you to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's not a train. Join us where you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Tim and Michelle Hart, the owners of Hart Construction Services. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thank you. Thank you very much,
1: Michael.
2: And for visionaries who don't know
0: who you are, Who are you and what is it that you do?
2: Hi, I'm Michelle Hart, co-owner of Hart Construction Services.
1: And I'm Tim Hart, co-owner of Hart Construction Services as well. The reason we're here in the warehouse, the shop of Hart
0: Construction Services, is because of a visionary question that wanted to find out about developing software. But in order to understand how they got here, we need a little bit of perspective to begin with. Now, Tim. You didn't start out here just doing residential construction and remodeling. What did you? What did your family do before you got into this?
1: So we did development and uh, subdivisions okay. and uh, large uh, developments for residential homes. Why did the family make the mm-hmm. shift and the change? There was a period of time where we had a lot of outside large corporations uh, coming in that were doing building, uh-huh. and we found ourselves with the quality of construction that they were providing going less than what we were doing, <laughs> and uh, prices uh, very, very low, so right. um, Michelle and I decided to move into the residential uh, remodeling and uh, commercial remodeling.
0: For visionaries who don't understand or haven't met you before, give us a synopsis of what it is that you do for residential properties.
2: Well, I handle the design aspects of the company, and he handles the construction, so We meet with the client up front, and then we design the project, and then we turn it over to the construction site.
1: Yeah, and on the construction side, we take it all the way from, as Michelle said, from design development all the way through turning over the keys to the client. Does all the work that
0: you do, is it exclusively for remodels of residences or do you
1: also do commercial properties as well? We do both residential and commercial remodel as well as new construction, but our primary bread and butter if you will is the residential higher end type remodels. One of the projects
0: the two of you are working on is in the Westchester area of Bakersfield yeah. and this is an area of town that was developed largely in the 1920s and 1930s there's a lot of craftsman houses there. And describe for our audience what you guys are currently doing on this project right now.
2: Basically, in this project, we're redoing kitchen, bathrooms, bringing bringing back the life of the house, but still trying to keep in the time period, but bring it new. So new plumbing, some new electrical, things like that that make modern functionality a lot easier.
0: Did the house have one of those uh, toilets in it with the tank on top with the chain on it? Or was it a little more modern
2: than that? (laughs) A little more modern than that. (laughs) But
1: (laughs) but we definitely have had that before. And uh, it's always a challenge and kind of interesting when we start peeling back the walls on a 1920s house the things that we find are sometimes just funny as heck. Okay, so I have to ask, if you've ever
0: peeled back a wall, have you found money? Because that's the thing everybody wants to find in an old house.
2: We have not found money yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we have found funny stuff. We've found bras, underwear that have fallen back behind and nobody's seen it and then they walled up or made, you know, a different thing. we found newspapers, old newspapers.
1: Yeah, back in the day, they used uh, newspapers for insulation. Right. So to find some newspapers that are of that vintage, it's kind of cool to read those articles (laughs) back then. If they only knew. Right. Those (laughs) walls can talk.
0: (laughs) But when you go through and you take a house like this that you're working on in Westchester, there are things about it like the molding back in the day it was stuff that they went down to the hardware store or the local lumberyard, yard and they could get you know yards and feet and all you know the stuff came by the mile but a lot of that stuff isn't made anymore it hasn't the tools haven't even been made in you know 30 40
2: years that does create a challenge but right. here um, we're able in our warehouse to create the tools that make those special turns on the moldings and things like that.
1: Do you actually make the tools themselves that make that? Absolutely. Um, We either do it in-house or we farm it out to a local company that has the ability to do that. So either way we're able to do it or we take several moldings and put them together to achieve the same result.
0: Now one of the things that a lot of business owners have challenges with is software and for the two of you you guys integrated a whole new software system into your business but it was solve a problem, and what problem was it?
1: Well, that problem was is that we did everything on paper right. or Excel spreadsheets. Right. Uh, our challenge was is when there was a change or communication with the client, the field, the supply chain, it took so long to get the paperwork through or the paperwork was lost. Mm. Uh, so it met our timely uh, delivery to those different entities right. and con- uh, very consistent communication.
0: Ah, there's the key, communication.
1: Yes. How
0: was the challenge between the design, the creative side, Michelle, and what the customer wanted? Where was the challenge on that,
2: and how did the software well, help? Well, when you look at a set of plans, say, it's only, it's flat. Right. You know, unless you're in the business, then you don't see flat. Right. You know, we see, when we look at a set of plans, it automatically comes to life. But right. most people don't d- get ah, that. Right. So when it comes into different heights, like one time we had a microwave, we had a very tall husband and a very short wife. Okay. And he was doing, he did most of the cooking. So we planned the kitchen around him. Right. Not taking any consideration <laughs> that his wife was only barely five foot. And how tall was he? Uh, six <laughs> foot at least. <laughs> this was so, a foot difference. Right, yes. so the sure. microwave Height was set for him to see it. It's fine for him. He just opens right. up the door. And before we had the software, so they could see it in three D uh, and walk through it. Right. It was already put in. Oh no. And so she, every time she has to do it, she has to stand on a step stool, <laughs> so because <the> st- <laughs> her husband approved it. <laughs> right, so right. Right.
1: Right. So the software really solved a a solution there, not only for that, but all the way through the process. It creates marital bliss. It creates confidence (laughs) for the client when they sign that check uh, to get us started. They have the confidence of knowing exactly what they're getting through the software and technology. This also helps in the implementation of the project, does it not? It absolutely does, because it has everything in the software. The client can see it at any time, approve it, know how much they owe, know how much change orders. The construction field knows what they're doing on a daily basis, and we can monitor that from an
2: ownership standpoint. And if something changes, our construction manager or the people who are actually implementing it, it can be at real time. So we can change it here Ah. at the office and it immediately notifies
0: the them. field. Yeah. So when you have one of your team out there and they say uh, the plumbing can't go here because of X, Y, Z reason and you need to talk to the customer, the customer or the client can see it in 3D what's actually what the change is gonna look like. Absolutely,
1: they can see it via video um, and we whether they're home here or they're on vacation and that happens several times as well as I can drive around in my vehicle and see what everybody's doing in real time. What you, Michael, are doing on a job, right. we know that if you finished your painting today or we have cabinets delivery tomorrow, we can see everything in real time. Do
2: all of your projects reside in Kern County? They do not. Some are over at the coast. We pretty much will go anywhere our client wants us to go.
1: Right. Yeah, we've been out of state, Montana, Idaho, Colorado, but primarily it's 50-50 between our coastal areas and Kern County. If visioners want to learn more about Heart Construction and what you can do for them, how do they reach you? Well, we'd love to hear from you. Our phone number is 661-333-7541, or you can definitely see our website at HeartConstructionServices.biz, Facebook, social media as well. And if you like Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and
0: notify. And when we come back, we're going to talk about software. Yeah, we're not going to geek out on engineering and programming. We're going to talk more about how software can actually be designed and manipulated for you and your business and something that'll work. The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Claru Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Claru Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. I'm here with Tim and Michelle Hart, the owners of Hart Construction Services, and our visionary question comes from Kyle who asks, we are finding that pre-packaged computer products don't do what we need for our business to operate effectively.
1: What are some things to watch out for when we have software developed for our business? Yeah, great question from Kyle. We went through a three-year period developing our own software, proprietary software. And
0: why did you do that in the first place? Because we
1: couldn't find something that... Really fit what we needed to do. Right. Um, after that didn't work, it took me about another 18 months going through the different softwares that are out there to look for a primary platform in order to add plugins. And mm. plugins support your main platform. What I can say there is that look at the pl- plugins first and foremost because we did go through a bit of a challenge there over that period of time
0: was the base platform software you chose, was it based upon the plugins that were available or did you choose the the base platform based on what it already
1: had? Basically both. So it's a simultaneous thing that we had to look at the base platform software at the same time look at the other software that would plug into it, and Mm -hmm. as long as they played nice, and also, which was key, is that those plugins were continually doing updates Uh. that they were saying proactive and changing with the times. When you were looking
0: through and you were developing this, what was the development period of trying to develop your software on your own?
1: So, great question. The problem there was I personally tried to do it for 18 months. But you're not a programmer. I, <laughs> failed, I failed three different times. And then, honestly, we made the decision to put a division manager in charge of this. It took them 18 months right. really to roll it out. right? Uh, and then after that, it's continuous. We have uh, monthly meetings on how we can further use the software, what updates have been made. Right. Um, so that's you know very key is putting somebody in charge that can work on it every day all the way through the process. It's a lot of time and money to invest right. but we couldn't operate today to the level we do without it. How did you choose the base platform? I went through three or four different platforms initially and what I found was what I said earlier the plugins didn't play nice. So right. I found that I had to do both of them together on the web, searching out, looking at reviews, looking at who in the industry that I looked up to wow. were, were using this um, software.
0: And yet you still had to go through three different versions or three different pieces of software to find the right one.
1: That's because I'm hard headed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. that's because you're the analytical one, and Michelle's the creative one. She did, is. Did, did, did you? How? What, what kind of input did you have well, on on the software? I
2: found that because I'm not just working on the software. Right. It was hard. Okay. Um, and we brought somebody in younger. Right. That they had been working on software their you know their whole life. Right. Where we started midlife and on in, in computers and things like that. So just like a, a toddler knows how to swipe and swipe up, swipe right, down. Right, right. It's in their brain. And so it made it easier for them to devote the time to it and then teach us what we needed to know.
1: And we can always defer to them, and that's what we do now, is Michelle has the design. Of, it allows her to create her creativity, without having to learn all that, then she then delegates out uh, to the ones, the professionals that work with us. And they do it a lot quicker
2: than I (laughs) do. Sure.
1: The two of you work
0: very well together. Well, thank you. This isn't always the case when it comes to spouses who own the business together. First of all, Tim, you've been in this business for 230 years. 32. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, you married into this. I did. Y- you came willingly. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: And My friends warn me that every time I complain. Uh, they said, do you pick this? <laughs> um, well, first of all, what were you doing beforehand, and then what, what brought you into well, this? Well, I always wanted to be a designer in high school, but Good. my counselor told me I wouldn't make any money, do something else. So um, I became a hairdresser, and then when I married into this family, they talked me into selling real estate, and then I went to work for another design company just as her assistant, and so she's the one who taught me most of what I know. And then when Tim took over the business, he needed a designer in-house, and so I moved over. Was it just
0: because you were a designer? That you moved over or also having you come play in the family business did it solve other problems too
1: it definitely did awesome. um, the problem we were having at the time is that we were very reliant on other trades architects mm. engineers a lot of different subcontractors um, so what we did was a major a change. Uh, we went to a women-owned business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hired tradesmen to self-perform 27 trades in-house. So we hired all of those subcontractors wow. to be on our payroll. Um, we brought in a design feature and architecture feature so we can control all those uncontrollables. Uh, that was a very big problem in our industry. You know, We hear the horror stories right. of, well the designer changed this, the contractor had this, there's a change order for this. We have not issued one change order in over thirty years. Wow! That came from us when we give a price. That's it. The only way we could do that is because of the change that we did.
0: So the only change in the price is when the client changes
2: something. That's correct. And, uh, that, and that, that is, never happens. Uh,
1: well, <laughs> <laughs> We have client. You know, we try to flesh that out up front. Michelle does a great job of that through the selection process. But there are changes, but we keep them to a minimum, and we're not paying markup, on top of markup with other subcontractors. Uh, so
0: Michelle has come through, and she's joined the business willingly. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of business owners. In fact, my wife, Tamla, recently told me she's never going to go and join the business with me. Right. She's probably right in that regard. <laughs> very smart woman. <laughs> but the two of you make it work. What are some of the rules, or what are some of the things that you guys do to to not kill each other when well, you're we when you try you're... not
2: to fight in front of other people. <laughs> for one, um, but we it kind of helps our clients, right? Because me being on the design side and him being on the construction, and a lot of husband and wives don't agree right. on certain things, right. so we can kind of do the arguing back and forth. Um, he's tells me no it can't go there and I say well they really want it there so we do a little bit of the bickering um, for our clients which keeps them married (laughs) 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 but I mean it's a challenge on some days but most days when we come to work we leave the rest of the stuff at home
1: initially we um, we talked about it all the time it was 24 7 um, and I think at one point, Michelle set down some rules and said, OK, when we get home, we're done talking about it. And that's hard, quite frankly, because that's what we do all day. Right, and right. it's like, it's hard to hey, turn the brain off. Did yeah. you get that call today? How'd that work out? Right. So over time, and it took a lot of time, is that we've learned to cut that off um, and not talk about it. When we
0: come back in the next segment, we're going to talk about the thing that, yeah, we're told all the time as business owners. When you start a business, think about how you're going to exit the business or how you're going to leave the business. And some people call it retirement. And we're going to talk more about that, uh, what Hart Construction is going to be doing about that when we come right back. The reason we're talking with Tim and Michelle Hart, the owners of Hart Construction Services, is because of a visioner question that came from a visioner just like you. We had a visioner that wanted to find out, how do I find the right software to do my business? So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, something you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and let us know. Who knows, your question could appear here on Small Business Celebration. So reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. I'm here with Tim Michelle Hart, the owners of Hart Construction Services, and our visionary question comes from Tamika who asks, we are looking at turning over our business to our employees in the next 10 years. What processes are you enacting to train your employees to be ready to take over when you retire?
1: That's a great question, Tamika. In our industry, brick and mortar small businesses start and die with the people that start was, right. started it. Often, yeah. Yeah, very often. So we started many, many years ago looking to pass on the business initially through an ESOP and that's an employee stock option purchase but the cost is way too large for a small business.
0: For the visioner who doesn't know what an ESOP is, is that where you go through and you basically break up the business into shares and then you allow those those
1: employees to purchase those shares and and work their way in? That's exactly it Michael, that's exactly how it works and it works great it's the initial organization and mm. kind of deconstruction of the business to some degree and reconstructing that profit sharing program that was um quite honestly it was just too expensive and what did you do instead so what we did is um, kind of come up with our own program but it's very prevalent these days so we're taking our key management mm-hmm. uh, what we call our leadership in the company right. it consists of three people that we have vetted over the years. Uh, We're into year five um, and we're slowly vetting them, mentoring to them how we want the company ran. It's going very well over the next three years that process will be completed and they will have ownership with us financing the company for them. As you go through and
0: you guide them to learn how the business is run, are you giving them any wiggle room to start making shifts and changes on their own so they can learn how to fall off the ladder before there's not a net?
1: Yeah, so, you know, as the owner of the co-owner of the company, I'm very uh, analytical, type A personality. So I've done that over, say, the last three years and the last couple years I'm actually stepping back from the company because that's really the only way I can keep out of their way sure, and allow them to make those mistakes. Recently, I was gone from the company, literally gone from the company for over two months. right? And they did amazing. Right. And so now when I came back, I have a modified schedule. They handle all of the day-to-day operations 100% uh, and then report to me. So I've had to put uh, KPIs in key, um, performance indicators in place um, so I can monitor that way. How does
2: this affect you, Michelle? Well, it's a little easier for me because I'm a supportive person. Right. So it's easier for me to take a step back and, and just support them ah. and give them the tools and let them see that their opinion or their design is just as good as mine. Right and some instances better because they're new looking at it. You find yourself scratching your head going, why didn't I think of that? Uh, (laughs) There are times that we do, and, um, but it's just giving them the tools. Right. Um, You know, sending them to school. Any way that we can promote them to best do their job.
0: Michelle, what are one of the things that you do here in the community that you've been able to enjoy the the successes that heart construction
2: has afforded you that you do for the community? Well, my pet project has always been Portraits of Warrior Gallery. What's that? Um, It is a gallery for post 9-11 vets who have given the ultimate sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So what we do, we have a local artist here in town who paints a portrait that will hang in the gallery, but they also, do a portrait that goes home with the family. Who's the artist? The artist is Nellie Scarborough. Okay. And she's amazing. She works with the family. They s- send her ideas, because it's not just a picture of them, like in their uniform. Mm-hmm. It's, there's that, that's the main part of the picture. Right. But then she puts in, if they had a dog, if they had kids, um, their hobbies, just so when you, a person going to see the gallery, when they look at that portrait, they can see what that person was about.
0: Why did you get involved with this project? Because this is not something that ends up on the news all the time that people are always talking about.
2: Um, I my son was in the army, okay. and he got out luckily without any um, adverse effects. Right. But not so many are lu- as lucky. Right. And when I when I was shipping him off, right. I met with you know some of the other moms and talk to them and it's just it's it's just if you haven't been there you have to go where is it it's on 19th and I okay in Bakersfield in Bakersfield and it just gives you a sense uh it just is awe. I mean I get goosebumps when I walk in there it's a beautiful place it's a spiritual place Um and I guess it was just something to give back to the families that, you know, shared their soldier with us. Tim, you also
0: enjoy giving back, and it's also to our veterans. What is something that you enjoy doing?
1: So over the years, you know, initially, my father always taught us in our family to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that support us. Um, So we've done Wounded Heroes Foundation, um, where we've helped build their community center, and currently we have started along with Dr. McBride uh, Aquavets. Aquavet, what's that? So I really like to dive, uh, scuba oh, but, dive. But there's not a lot of water here in the San Joaquin Valley. Where'd you Where'd you get this? So. Uh, we travel into Central and South America regularly. Right. And I just picked up diving there and absolutely fell in love with it. Sure. So, in mirroring what um, Michelle has done, we started a nonprofit um, and we teach at risk veterans how to dive through grant money that right. costs them nothing. Right. And it allows them to get outside of the community, get outside and just. Enjoy the nature and and you know you're underwater. It's neutral buoyancy. It's quiet Phones aren't ringing people aren't honking the horn at you and for the veterans You know whether they have a physical disability or a mental disability. It really puts them at ease The two of you have been in business together for how many years?
0: 34 years 34 years What do you two do? When you wake up one morning, and the tires on your truck have been slashed, your teeth have been kicked in, and you've gotten one of those very curious letters from the California State Franchise Tax Board, yes. you don't understand. And it seems like everything you do, from the spilled coffee on your shirt, to stubbing your toe on the curb, getting out of the truck to on the job site, what makes you wake up every morning? I think over
1: the years what we've learned, and what I've learned personally, is those dark clouds will pass. Mm. And to keep going every day, um, knowing that it's going to get better the following day. And also having Michelle with me as my backup.
2: Yeah, and I'm more of a, in a supportive role. So when he can't handle things, yeah. I just jump in and, and do them. And that's the way it's always been. How did you learn this lesson, Tim?
1: When I had those tough days initially, I looked to somebody that I looked up to, and that was my father. He would step in, and although he may have been out of the business circle for that period of time, he really added a lot of value to me, telling me how to go about certain things. And I would just say that if other business owners out there are having challenges, go to somebody that they look up to Mm -hmm. and look for that support.
2: And when Tim isn't there, Michelle, what do you do? Well, I rely on my staff because they're here for a reason. We've hired them for a reason. And I just put my head down and I do it. And then I fall apart at the end when everything's (laughs) fixed. (laughs) Well, Tim, Michelle, this has been a
0: real privilege. Thank you for joining us here on Small Business Celebration. Thank Thank you, you, Michael. And if
1: visionaries want to learn more from you or learn more about heart construction, how do they do that? We'd love to hear from you, you can contact us at 661-333-7541 and also you can view us on our webpage or social media at heartconstructionservices.biz and Heart Construction Services on Instagram and Facebook. And I'll be right back with my final thought.
0: The winter season is rapidly approaching, but are the tires on your car or truck ready for wet weather? Bakersfield's best tire store, Clareau Tire, has been serving families like yours for 80 years and installs and services the tires your family depends on when the wet weather comes. Give Clarou Tire a call at 661-324-6069 and ask them about what tire works best for you and your budget. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 or visit them at 530 East 21st Street in Bakersfield or at ClarouTire.com today. The wet winter weather is rapidly approaching. Call Clarou Tire at 661-324-6069 today. Learning from the questions you ask. Earlier this week I had a cup of coffee with a mentor of mine and uh, he's been on Small Business Celebration and he's a huge fan. And I really enjoy our talks that we get to have on a, on a fairly regular basis. And the session usually goes something along the lines of it's about an hour or so that we get together and talk. And for about the first 45 minutes, all I do is talk about everything that's going on in my business and all the things coming up on season five and what the problems are, what the challenges, what I'm trying to overcome. And he returns the favor by giving me pearls of wisdom on thoughts and things that I can do that he has learned over the last 40 plus years of being in business. And this past week when I had coffee with him, I had a realization. I spend most of our time whining and complaining and talking about me and my business. And I really don't spend a lot of time asking about him and his business. And so this past week, I asked him about that. I said, you know, I often talk about me, but very seldom do you talk about your business and the challenges that you are going through. And he looked at me and smiled, and he said, you know, Michael, every time we sit down, I learn something from you. I said, really? Well, why, how is that? says, I always like to learn from the, your generations. And more importantly, I learn from the questions they ask. I hope you enjoyed our conversation this week with Tim and Michelle Hart, the owners of Hart Construction Services. And I hope you learned something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. And we'll see you here again next week.